Well, we are ending one sermon series today and beginning another one with the same sermon, with the same sermon, which I don't think has ever been done before. This is going to be pretty impressive. Now, I um, it feels like and uh, big thanks this week to uh, Braden Bowman, Jenny Schwoke, to Ryan and Crystal Brown, to Rachel. Rachel, you should see Rachel's. Uh, that's not a um, tattoo on her arm. That's a burn. She got she worked in the kitchen and got burnt real bad. Um, but we we had a lot of help from this church. Um, well, sorry, everyone. Here she comes. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we had a lot of help. Uh, Haley uh, Davis was with us. Um, and we, we are so thankful for that. It feels, you can ask them, it feels like last Sunday was a month ago. Uh, someone, someone, a counselor came up to me and said, is it only Tuesday? I said, no, it's September. Because <laughs> it just feels so long. And then Thursday, or it was Friday, one of my campers said, it's crazy how this week has just felt like nothing. Just, just. Flown, flown by, and I didn't have anything to say. For the first time in my life, I just stared at the kid and walked away. Because me and him were two different animals. We didn't speak the same language. Anyway, tonight, this morning, we are going to finish uh, the Philippian series and start a series called Misquoted, in which we look at a verse that um, that is very common. Um, very widely used on uh, kitchen decorations and bumper stickers. And some of the verses we look at are going to look at, we're going to try to examine the context and maybe see that they don't quite mean what we think they mean, but they mean something very good. And some of them aren't even in the Bible. Some of the things we say, like um, God helps those who help themselves. Um, we're going to read the whole Bible. We're not going to find that one. Um, but we'll talk about that as we get into this series, um, a series called Misquoted. We'll end with that, but we're going to start where we left last week, and that's in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10. Is this on? This isn't on. Now it's on. Wow. All right, I'll start over. Big thanks to the <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Actually, let's go two slides over. I missed this one. This is the verse we're going to be looking at this morning. I, maybe you've heard it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do... My favorite basketball player has this written on his shoe. Stephen Curry, on his shoe, writes... Actually, on his special made shoes, it has it written on there for him. And the little, the little thing that holds the laces together says uh, 413 right there on the laces. And then it says, I can do all things written on it. Now, I, I think I love the Lord just as much as Stephen Curry does, and I just can't shoot threes like that guy can. Actually, no one who's ever lived, maybe besides college-age Pete Maravich, can shoot threes like that, but the three-line wasn't drawn. I digress. <laughs> but 
this is a very common verse, a very popular verse. But I can do, and you actually, if you poll the world and say, what's your favorite verse? You can't say John 3.16. They might come up with this one. I can do all things. And some versions say, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And while this is a beautiful thought, When we study our Bible, our goal should be to understand the words written as the writer wrote them. And when we do that, we rarely take the power from a bumper sticker, but we give power to the Scripture. Right? So, like, we're not going to weaken your bumper sticker if you've got this on your bumper sticker, but we may give it some more authority and some more weight And it may, by the time we're done with this, challenge you more than it did before. Okay, so remember Paul's setting. He's writing to the church in Philippi. Um, He's sending sending Epaphroditus back to them with this letter. And he is telling them in this last little section, thank you so much. Apparently it seems as though Epaphroditus has brought, when he arrived, brought a gift, whether it was funds or it was probably some sort of money and some food, like a, or like a, one of those um, fruit bouquets that you can send people uh, with strawberries and stuff. Maybe that was a joke just for me. All right, verse 10, let's, let's look at the context here. Verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity To show it. You weren't able to give me your gift. I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances. Actually that's a wonderful verse for your bumper stickers too right? I have learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances. Now what circumstances is he talking about? Look. Verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether being well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through Him who gives me strength. I can do all... Okay, so one of the things that's tripped this up is the translation of this little word, all. And we we often look at this verse and we say, I can do... Anything, everything, all things through Jesus. But this is the end of a thought. And his thought is, I can follow Jesus. I can manage as a follower, as a leader of Jesus, whether I am poor or whether I'm rich. It's interesting to me that the, that the, the, the actual application of this verse is the very thing that we're not, as Americans, all that willing to do. The thing that scares us the most in a prosperous nation is being poor. Having, not not having what we want. Paul says, I know what it is like to have had nothing. And I know what it is like 
to have had plenty. And I have found the secret of being content in every situation. And I can do, or I can do that, In I can do all of this, I can do all of that in Christ. The reason Paul says that he can be poor and be fine, or be rich and be fine, is because he has Christ. Our biggest fear, oftentimes, is us looking at our... Maybe you've done this. You've sat at the table, the kitchen table. And you've looked at your bills. And you've said, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay that one. As you sip your coffee, or whatever that you just bought. We're so used to getting what we want, always. Have you ever been in Texarkana on a Sunday and thought, you know what I'm in the mood for? Chick-fil-A. It's like you've shown up to Disney World and it's shut down, right? It's a catastrophe. I wanted that spicy, creamy salsa salad, which that's good. But I digress. No, the... We want what we want, and we want it when we want it. And we're actually, we actually pretty much just get it. That's why we're so hard to buy gifts for. Is we have everything we want. And if we, do, if we want it, we just go get it. That's not a, all that healthy way to live. See, Paul here isn't saying, if you want to be an astronaut, just pray to Jesus and he'll make you an astronaut. He's not saying if you want to be a professional basketball player, just pray and you can be a professional basketball player. He's not saying if you... There are some classes that you're going to make a B or C in, in school. Especially when you get to college, there are just going to be some classes that you're going to struggle with. And kids, pray all the time in school. I've heard it said you can't ever take prayer out of schools if you keep the tests in schools. They're going, they're going to pray. The problem is, is that they didn't study. I can do, kids said, I can make an A on this test. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, could you have studied through Christ? Because you're not going to make an A if you don't study. God's not, God is not in the business of bailing us out. God is not in the business of us just praying to Him and getting whatever we want. There's a song that says, says it's a real simple song, um, one of those like, praise songs where you just say the same thing over and over again. God is so good, God is so good, God is so good. And then there's a line that goes, He answers prayers, He answers prayers, He answers prayers. And I've always wanted to change that line to, he hears my prayers. He hears my prayers. Because the greatest thing about prayer is not that, that God answers us and gives us what we want. It's that he's present and willing to listen. Because sometimes prayer isn't about requests and demands and Christmas lists. When we turn God into a vending machine of blessings, where I put in the prayer, I put in the faith, 
and I push the buttons and out comes what I want, you are putting God in a very tough place. Because the way God defines good things for you is different than the way you define good things for you. A lot of times we'll take this verse and it doesn't even mean anything anymore. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all of this through Him who gives me strength. It doesn't even mean anything. Like, well, what things? Whatever I want. Well, is that healthy for you? Whoever said that doing everything you wanted is what is best for you? Any of you who have kids know that that's not true for kids. That giving them everything they want is what's best. Even if you turn it around and say, well, it's, it's, what it means is, in the name of Jesus, I can do everything I do. What happens then is it just leaves us just still doing all that we would have done in the first place. And oftentimes, it leaves us sanctifying our bad habits. This verse has a very specific meaning. And actually, when you see it in context, context right, it's a very obvious reason, uh, meaning. I have, I have learned how to be content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can operate in any of those situations in the name of Jesus. I don't need a lot. But I can have a lot and I can have a little. If you finish out this little section, he says, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of, of giving and receiving. My, no one helped me. For even when I was, except for except you only, he says. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid and again, again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, they are a fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Next slide. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. A lot of times when we're down, we think the goal is to be up. When we're sad, we think the goal is to get happy. When we're poor, we think the goal is to get rich. When we're tired, we think the goal is to nap. To me, that's, those are two wonderful things. <laughs> this, this section down here that went to camp goes, Amen. Uh, uh. <laughs> the goal is not to reverse your bad situation. That's not the goal. To make your sadness, to force happiness on your sadness. Somehow get 
rich quick. All those guys selling books about how to get rich quick um, got rich selling books to people who wanted to get rich quick. There's no simple answers to struggle. There's no simple answer to poverty. There's no simple answer to, to, to depression. There's no simple answer to those things. And Paul, sometimes we've turned this verse into like, I can, if I'm poor, get rich through Jesus. I can, if I'm sad, get happy through Jesus. I am, if I, if I fail, can become a success in the name of of Jesus, but Paul's not saying that at all. Paul is saying, I've learned how to be content in every situation, and I can be poor in Jesus. I can be sad in Jesus. I can I don't have to get out of the pain, but I can find Jesus in the pain. He's saying, I can do it's really best translated, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. All of the things I've just talked about, that I can, I can be content in plenty and want, I can be content well fed and hungry, and I have found, now you, you try that one, be content when you're hungry. That's hard. I can, I can do all of these things through Jesus, who gives me strength. You are called, wherever you are, to be in a relationship with Jesus. And you are promised that wherever you are, as you are in a relationship with Jesus, that you will find strength not to get out of your bad situation, but to be in your bad situation. You will find strength not to um, lord, oh, lord your good situ situation over others, but you'll find strength to, to be a good person as you are wealthy. Because that can be hard too. I mean, trust me, I'm a preacher. Just kidding. You can... That... that what he is calling us to is an existence within our current situation in the name of Jesus. And do not get tripped up here. Do not think that your goal in life is to make your life more comfortable and easier and happier. Because the more you dig into the life of Jesus, what you will find is poverty. What you will find is pain. What you will find is a hopelessness about what's going on around us. You will grieve the things that we are going through. We did talk about our current situation in the U.S., um, in class this morning because I wanted people to give feedback. I wanted to talk about it openly. But you look around and you say, man, there, there are some really hurting people on both sides of a, of a problem. There are some people who are 
who are sad and who are grieving on, uh, on both sides of a problem. And when, when we pick sides, sometimes we're, we're always going to leave people out. I, we can do this. Not make it better. I think sometimes I feel a little hopeless. But we can be in it. In Jesus. We can suffer through it. In Jesus. We can persevere through pain. In Jesus. Jesus isn't calling us to solve all of our problems. He's calling us to relationship. He's calling us to be disciples within those problems. There are many tele-evangelists that will tell you that if you just believe, then your life will get better. And we all know that's hogwash. We all know that's nonsense. Believing sometimes makes your life harder. Tell me, tell me that forgiving your neighbor is easy. That's difficult. Paul calls us to be in our pain, not overcome it. That he has learned to be content in every situation, and they have sent him this gift, and it's beautiful, but he's telling them, he's, he's almost telling them, like, I, listen, I appreciate it. I'm fine without it. Because the way the system worked back then, if you sent somebody a gift, they, um, they could tell you what to do. Like, they, you have a, a, a beneficiary, and they, they can now tell you, uh, we sent you, remember we sent you this money, we would like you to come back. Paul's saying, I didn't need it. This isn't really absolutely necessary. I'm not, I don't owe you anything, but I appreciate it. And I, I can be poor if I need to be poor. That's fine. Because I've learned to exist in pain. In Jesus. See, when I see this verse, I think a lot about that, that part of Psalm 23 where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The verse doesn't say, even though I walk through the... This is a, the Americanized version of that often can be, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I think I'm, I'm fine because it'll be all, all okay and God will deliver me out of this soon. Paul here is doing the exact same thing, saying, I've been, I've been broken, I've been um, great, I've been in good situations and bad situations, I've been in poverty, I've been in wealth, I've been hungry, I've been well-fed. But I can do every single one of those. I can make every single one of those my way of life as long as I've got the one who gives me strength. The Lord is my shepherd. 
because God goes with me. Because his power is greater than the power of the darkness that I'm in. I hope, we've, I hope we've extracted some of the fluff from this verse and given it back to you as a, as, a, as a guide to say, you can do the thing you're in. You can experience the pain you're experiencing. You can grieve the grief you're grieving through Christ who gives you strength. You can do it. You can be in it. We're not called to overcome every bad thing that comes our way. Sometimes we're called to persevere the troubles and the persecutions and the worries and the fears, the pain and the sorrow, the poverty, the hunger. not always going to be lifted up out of that hole. But we have a Savior who has come down to be with us in it. We have, a, we have a Redeemer who on the cross gave the most glorious me to. He's right there with us. And He conquered it. And He can be with us as we go through it. You can do all things through Jesus who gives you strength. You can learn to be content in all circumstances. Over the next few weeks, we're going to start this series, Misquoted. And as we go through this, I hope, I don't want it to turn into, isn't it silly that we believe this? Because there's some, old, there's some good old beliefs about passages that are worth looking at and are beautiful. What we're hoping to do is to make these weightier and less lofty and less um, bumper sticker-ish is not a word, but it is now because I said it. And Rachel, write that down. Send it to Oxford. Um, we will... You didn't move. Okay, yeah. No, but we, we will look at these over the next few weeks. Invite your friends. Um, this, we're going to be looking at some very common passages. And so it's not going to be super in-depth like we were in Philippians. And uh, as, as Niles told me this morning, we're still in Philippians? Well, we're done. Uh, we're done. Thank you for um, sitting with us through this. But it, if you're going through a really tough time, and it's one of those that you're not, you don't see the end in sight, you've been praying for God to end it, but God, it just hasn't happened. God's hearing you, but there's not, you're not getting that... You're, not, you're hitting the button on the vending machine. You're not getting the blessing you want. Maybe it's time you turn your focus to persevering, suffering in the presence of Jesus. And maybe you need strength to do that. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never committed yourself to Him and been joined to Him in the waters of baptism. Whatever you need this morning, whether it be prayer or um, the, the hope of uh, new birth in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we can offer that. One thing I do want to say, um, 
and I, I was, this was brought up to me, and I, I, think, I think it's a valid point. If you want to come down front and pray with somebody, but you don't want someone getting up here and making an announcement about the prayer that you need, we're completely fine with that. Like, come on down. We'll pray. Um, we don't have to get up and say, well, uh, Jeffrey is uh, beating kids up at school. And, um, you know, we don't have to divulge all your information. We can pray with you however it is that um, you, need, you feel comfortable being prayed with. And uh, whether you want us to announce it or not, we will. But here's the thing. We want to pray with and over and for you. We really do. And we want you to give your life to Jesus. We really do. But if you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.